What an incredible day for the Auburn Tigers. Hugh Freeze, well done, coach. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. What an incredible signing day, early signing day. Let's call it what it is. It is signing day. And Auburn went into it with several battles. Probably more than we'll see going forward. But look, Hugh Freeze and his coaching staff, they plopped down on the planes less than a month ago. And it's like, all right, let's see if they can salvage what Brian Harson left behind after he was fired. And somehow, they exceeded everyone's expectations. As I sit here recording this late Wednesday night, right before Auburn tips off against Washington, they're 19th. They're inside the top 20 on 247. I believe they're in the top 20 on on three as well. And you look at it, and when he stepped foot on campus, as Auburn's head coach, they're in the high 30s. And what he's been able to do over the course of the following few weeks and, and through yesterday has been nothing short of remarkable. Seriously, props to them. And I'm seeing Auburn fans throughout the, you know, the social media world, Auburn Twitter message boards, the Discord, focus on a few things that they don't need to be focusing on, right? Like I said, they went into signing day with, with a few battles. And they won most of them. And I'll argue they won the biggest two because I thought the Carver situation between Quay Rousseau and Smith, I didn't really think that it was ever an actual battle. And that's why we didn't really talk about those guys a whole lot on the show. But I want to drive this point home. The day did not have to be perfect in order for it to be successful. We all knew that going into it and look the biggest win of the day was Keldrick Falk that was the biggest battle of the day and of really it, it seemed like Hugh Freeze and the staff made Keldrick Falk priority number one I don't think they cared about the rankings I think they cared about the player that he is and what he could do for this football team and so they went to Highland home Hugh Freeze probably never thought he'd be in Highland home as much as he was they pounded the message to Keldrick over and over and over again. Sounds like his mother was super bought in. He came to campus the final weekend before the early signing period opened, and they did enough. He grabbed the Auburn hat. That's what we needed him to do. And then not too long after that, the news broke of who I think the second most important prospect was. Now, I'm biased. I love corners. You've listened to me for a bit. I got Roger McCreary's beans behind me. Kay and Lee flipping him from the prominent Ohio State Buckeyes, the team that's prepping for a, a college football playoff appearance right now. And he's he bought into what Hugh Freeze and this Auburn coaching staff is selling and their vision. So those two guys, to me, is what you need to be talking about. And there are other dudes. But the biggest two, Keldrick Falk and Kay, Kay and Lee, 
to me, it sent a message to the rest of the conference that this staff can go up against Ohio State. This staff can go up against Alabama. This staff can go up against Tennessee. You know, they got Sylvester Smith going into the week. If Sylvester Smith would have made his decision on signing day instead of several days ago, that would have been the talk because he's that good. He's that good, and you're plucking him from Tennessee. And so everything that happened since Hugh Freeze has been here, it wasn't all just about yesterday, but still, yesterday didn't need to be perfect for it to be successful. The losses, let's address them. Tony Mitchell, the talented four-star safety, ultimately ended up picking Alabama. Pretty much every Auburn beat writer predicted Auburn on this. It sounds like Alabama made a late push the night going into signing day. You got to assume NIL was involved in that. And so he ended up staying committed to Alabama. But you got to ask the question with this, right? You got to ask the question, what if you freeze would have had more time? And we'll get to see what that looks like moving forward. Uh, Isaiah Jada, the Juco tackle, looked like he uh, had a chance to go to Auburn. He took a visit to Colorado. He committed to primetime over there, which is going to be a problem. That's going to happen. That's going to happen with a few guys throughout the Southeast every year. That's just kind of kind of be what primetime brings to Colorado. And then, of course, the Carver guys, Rusan Smith. Cool that they got to do that on ESPN2 on signing day. But I just never really bought that Auburn had a chance. I just never bought it. And I could have been wrong with all of that. And to be honest, I was hoping I was wrong. But I just never bought all of it. But still, don't focus on those guys. Focus on Keldrick Falk and Kane Lee. Other technical losses as far as competition. Uh, who was it? Who was it? What was his name? The UCF kid. I'm having a hard time finding it. Braden Marshall. He's a three-star corner at UCF. You kind of wonder if that would have gone different if they felt different about Canley. Don't know that. I don't know that, but you got to think. You got to think that those were tied. Two corners, you'd rather have Canley. I think this corner is, uh, I think the corner situation in this class is good. Also, not an immediate need. And we'll talk about, you know, the path to playing time for Canley and some other guys throughout the show today. But all in all, yesterday was a huge one. Yesterday was a huge win for the Auburn Tigers, sitting inside the top 20 after Hugh Freeze inheriting a really, really bad situation. Now they got to turn their head and pivot and look at transfers, right? One guy is signed. One transfer is signed. Elijah McAllister, the Vanderbilt edge, and then uh, Rivaldo Fairweather. I don't think he's actually signed his letter of intent, but I also don't know if you really have to do that. But he seems solidly committed. He's posting Auburn stuff left and right. So not worried about that. But I think yesterday proved something else. And I want to tell you what I mean by that in just a moment. Right here on Locked On Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the best place to wager on all of your sports action. Maybe you got involved last night with uh, the Auburn basketball game. We'll see how that turns out. And of course, the bowl season, the college football playoff games, if we didn't get involved with that, Bet Online is the best place to do it. So be sure to head over to Bet Online. I'd use your smartphone. Yeah, their, their mobile app is fantastic. So be sure to check it out. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. All right. I think yesterday proved 
and I got to eat some crow for this, not a ton, but some, that Hugh Freeze was the right decision. I think you're seeing that unanimously across the Auburn fan base. And this is coming from a guy that was waving the Lane Kiffin flag as early and often. And look, I'm not saying Auburn picked you over Lane Kiffin, but what happened at Ole Miss yesterday was bad, was really, really bad. And you're going to hear folks, well, he's going to rely on the transfer portal. And I get that. And I think you can get by year to year to some extent with that at Ole Miss. But if you want to win championships, you've got to be able to compete on signing day. And it's clear that he's not interested in doing that. Hugh Freeze is. Hugh Freeze is interested in doing that. Auburn's sitting in the top 20. We can't, we cannot stress that enough. How crazy that is that he was able to pull that off. And he's not done. He's not done with all of this. And then also he's going to complement this class with immediate impact transfers. There's just so much to like about everything happening at Auburn right now. With all of the, the pictures of Caddy and Zach and Hugh on the phones and, and recruiting yesterday, it was fun. For the first time in a minute, it's been fun to be an Auburn fan on a signing day. I mean, we're talking like maybe three or four years into Gus's tenure. The last several years of Gus's tenure weren't that way. And then there was no part of, of the Brian Harshan era was like that. I think it's great. The only downside to yesterday, outside of those few misses that we talked about, and those are talented players. I don't want to diminish those guys because they went somewhere else. It's just Auburn folks need to focus on the wins because there were plenty of things to focus on that were positive that happened yesterday. The weirdest thing that happened yesterday were all the graphics that Auburn put out. Why did we choose to make all of our players' heads so big? Why do we do that? That doesn't make any sense to me. But certainly back to the Ole Miss point. Ole Miss currently at 36, as I see here recording this. And they're going to fill it out through the transfer portal. But it's just like, when you look throughout everything that Auburn's done over the last month, they've taken talented players from all sorts of places in the SEC, including Tennessee, including Ole Miss, and then outside with, with Texas Tech as well. There's just so much to like. It's just so many things to feel good about when you look at this team. All right, I want to touch on some specifics with these players. Auburn, I've got them as one, two, three, four, five, six. Auburn may have signed six starters that will start in 2023. Six. That's what I've got. Let me know which ones you agree and disagree with. The first one's Xavier Miller. I've mentioned this guy every possible chance I possibly could on every show this week. Xavier Miller. I, I'm just really impressed with this massive mammoth of a man over six foot, over 300 pounds. And you heard John Garcia say it on the show yesterday. His floor is probably right tackle. Doesn't that feel good to say? Pro like Process this with me. Auburn signed a dude whose floor is right tackle. It's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. We'll stay on the offensive line with another guy. I've got a question mark of a potential starter next to Tyler Johnson. I'm not as confident. True freshman situation coming in. But still, I think his path to playing time in that conversation is interesting because you're, you're hearing different transfer portal names, but not as many tackles as we would like. And right now, I'm not convinced there's another tackle on this roster 
that's going to put up much of a fight against Tyler Johnson. You don't want to start a true freshman tackle. I get it. But like the main uh, transfer name that I'm hearing right now is the Ben Scott guy from Arizona State. I like him. He's a center. So he'll probably start at center. And so it's just interesting, assuming you get him. And I think Cole Pinkston with AuburnLive.com put in a pick for him, which is great. And it sounded like he had a really good visit this past week. And I heard that from other folks too. And then Cole also said it. So that, that that's a good sign. Super experience. You want that at your center position. And it'll kind of allow guys like Whedon and, and whoever else to, to kind of follow in line and be the guy after that. I think it's great. I think it's a very good situation at center. Hey, maybe Tate Johnson can, can learn from him as well. I, I think that'd be good. But then from left to right, let's, let's put Miller at left tackle just for a second. You can put Jeremiah right at one of the guards. If you get Ben Sky, you put him at center. And then you go get another transfer at tackle or your fallback plan is Tyler Johnson, the true freshman. I think, I think that's a better situation than what we had last year. Because at least with this, and look, we've got a lot of roster spots to fill. Don't get me wrong. I'm not just like saying, hey, this is what we're rolling with. But it's kind of fun to already have that conversation and start to see this roster and this depth chart or you know, pontificating about this depth chart start to come together. But with that group, you all of a sudden can you can pitch the vision of upside. It was hard to do that this time a year ago. And it was also hard to do that this time two years ago because it's just it's like Auburn's had the same eight offensive linemen for three years. It's just kind of what it's felt like. And some of that's probably true. And so I love that. I love it. And, and Auburn's going to add more transfers on the offensive line outside of Ben Scott, I would think. And they haven't added Ben Scott yet at the time of me recording this, but still, you got to feel good about all of that. Yeah, and Clay Whedon, that's just, he's an interesting situation because he's good. A lot of people wanted him. And Hugh Freeze doesn't care if he's just a three star, right? Hugh Freeze looks at all these guys, and I shared this earlier in the week, but just talking to folks close to this, he is looking at guys with specific traits. He does not care what their ranking is. He doesn't. Now, I'm sure there's going to be overlap where he's like, that guy's good. Oh, yeah, he's also a high four star or a five star. Like, there's going to be overlap. But some of these dudes that he really, really liked, like Whedon, uh, why wouldn't why wouldn't he start? Uh, all right, let's switch to the defensive side of the ball. So I've got the three maybe starters. I've got one definite starter, two maybe starters. Azavian Miller at one of the tackle spots, and I got maybe next to Clay Whedon and Tyler Johnson. Let me know where you are if you agree or disagree with that. On the defensive side of the ball, Keldrick Falk, I think, is a day one starter. I think, I mean, he's just, he doesn't look like an 18-year-old. He doesn't play like an average four-star defensive end slash edge. His level of competition was a little bit lower, but still, I, I just think, I, I just think he's incredible. And I think he's going to have the chance to be a really special player in this defense. I think you can play him off ball. I think you can blitz him. I think you can do whatever you want with him, which is great. I also have Elijah McAllister, the transfer. And I don't want to spend a whole lot of time about talking about transfers because this is all about the new kids that we just got, the high school kids. But Elijah McAllister did sign his NLI yesterday, the Vanderbilt edge. He's got one year left of eligibility. And you got to think, if you got one year left of eligibility, you probably want to go somewhere and start. That's just kind of just kind of is what it is. And so... um, 
He probably has a, he probably feels like he's got a good chance to start, which is cool. Whatever. And then Kay and Lee, once again, probably there's three guys. I have three favorites in this class. Kay and Lee and Azavian Miller. There are two of them. And I'll get to the third one in a second. But yeah, I think Kay and Lee. And you're probably like, well, Zach, he's a corner. DJ James is probably coming back. Justin Hokerson reported that he's still kind of undecided, still up in the air. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. He certainly has time to decide that. But I just think he's going to get in the rotation. I think some of it is Hugh Freeze. These are his guys. Ron Roberts, you know, defensive coordinator. He's going to want certain things. And I, I hope they play different. But just times down the stretch, like, uh, the, the guys that are coming back are pretty inconsistent. There's Kane Lee. Can he come in and compete with those guys? The answer is yes. I think he can compete with those guys. So those are my six starters slash possible starters that Auburn signed yesterday. Xavier Miller, Keldrick Falk, Kane Lee, Elijah McAllister, the transfer, Tyler Johnson, the offensive tackle, and Clay Whedon, the interior offensive lineman. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you think. All right, Auburn finished out their coaching staff, I believe. They, they announced their new linebackers coach. I want to tell you who, you who it benefits the most, who I think it benefits the most. In just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. I want to encourage you to join the Locked on Auburn Discord. It is free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below. Or if you're listening on audio, just go to the episode summary. It will be there. Just click the link and follow the instructions. A lot of fun. There's like 1,600 Auburn fans in there now. Hugh Freeze confirmed this in his uh, in his press conference yesterday. Josh Aldridge will be Auburn's new linebackers coach, of course, replacing C-Rob. Heard the other day that apparently the, the C-Rob news wasn't supposed to get out, which I, I think is interesting. Uh, I wish I knew more about that, but it's just kind of a, a, an interesting bullet point here. So Aldridge was the co-defensive coordinator at Liberty, and he also coached linebackers, obviously, that was, that was under Hugh Freeze. So we've got a collection of Liberty guys that have followed him over. Who does this benefit? I think it's interesting that we've now got a linebackers coach and then also the defensive coordinator is a linebackers guy. He also coached linebackers at Baylor over the last few seasons. And that's a position that after yesterday, probably the thinnest, on the team, Edge is going to remain thin until you get another one. Keldra Falk certainly helped. But with Owen Papo gone, there's not like a linebacker you're looking at outside of Cam Riley, and it's like, I have to put you on the field. I've got to. And so, to me, get as many linebacker brains on this defensive coaching staff as you possibly can. I think it's good. Um, Hugh Freeze isn't going to bring you in unless you uh, align with him as far as what you want out of a football player, which I think is great. But still, this is this is a group that whoever is going to transfer in, and it looks like Auburn is evaluating linebackers in the portal left and right, you got to find those guys. Because right now, your roster situation at linebacker, it's, it's not good enough right now. Because if Cam Raleigh gets hurt, we're in a load of trouble. We're in a load of trouble. And so... We'll see what happens with the linebacker situation moving forward because Auburn didn't bring in a linebacker from the high school ranks yesterday, which is interesting. So we'll see what happens with 
all of that. If you miss our basketball coverage last night, if you're watching on YouTube, just head over to the Locked on Auburn YouTube page. It is there. Daryl and I reacted to the Auburn game last night. If you want to hear us talk about that, or it's in the next episode in the podcast feed, just one back. It, it dropped last night right after the game. So be sure to join us every single basketball post game as we go live every single game. It's going to be a lot of fun. And finally, SEC play less than a week away. Charlie Five will join me tomorrow to continue to recap this class. He'll tell me his nuggets and, and who all he likes. And hey, maybe we'll have more transfers by then. You can find all my written work at AuburnDaily.com. And we'll see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn.